You are tuned in to Awaken Radio with Connie Chapman. To listen to more episodes, go to ConnieChapman.com or subscribe on iTunes. Hey there, everyone. This is Connie, and welcome back to another episode of Awaken Radio. Now, today's episode uh, is a retry at an episode from last week. We are uh, we had a few technical difficulties on last uh, last week's episode, which meant that unfortunately it couldn't go ahead. So uh, we rescheduled the episode for this week, and I am sending out lots of positive vibes for smooth sailing technically on this call. Now, who I'm going to be chatting to today is the beautiful Michelle Marie, Marie McGrath from um, the the Sacred Self uh, website and range of alchemical oils that she creates, and she is. Um, such a beautiful teacher of self-love and that's why we're going to be talking about self-love as a topic today and and I know so many of us um, sometimes struggle with the practice of self-love we know that we want to feel more of that love within us we know we want to strengthen our relationship with ourselves but we don't necessarily know how to do that or where to begin or you know, even the concept of self-love can be quite abstract. It 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 um it can be something we kind of understand as a as a concept, but not really sure how to live. So I'm hoping that through today's conversation on how to practice self-love, you'll learn some really practical ways to be applying um, different practices and principles to strengthen. Uh, your relationship with yourself, to strengthen your self-love muscle and to um, really live and embody more of this energy. So to introduce Michelle to you, she is a lovepreneur and self-love mentor. She creates sacred self's organic self-love range of alchemical oils, bespoke sacred scents and popular self-love cards. She is the co-author of Love and Oneness in the best-selling Adventures in Manifesting series, an author of Seven Ways to Love Yourself ebook. Michelle is passionate about falling in love with all parts of herself and creating products that remind others to do the same. So thank goodness I can see beautiful Michelle is on the line. So we're, we're going to have smooth sailing today, which is perfect. And uh, let's bring Michelle on and we can really begin to open up this conversation and, uh, and share some beautiful wisdom with you. So just hold on a moment. Oh, welcome, Michelle. I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> Hi, Connie, and happy I could get through today. <laughs> I know. It's so nice to have you here. Thank you so much for making the time to join me today. Thank you. You're so, welcome. Look forward to it. Awesome. Awesome. So I was saying um, before I brought you on that we're going to be talking about the topic of self-love, and I know this is something that you are very passionate about and that you teach a lot in your work and through the products and resources that you create as well. Um, and so as a starting point, you know, I, I was saying that self-love can be quite an abstract concept and not everyone yeah. fully understands what that even means or, or looks yeah. like. So I'm, I'm curious from your perspective how you define self-love and what that even means to you. Yeah, that's right. And so... The, how I kind of got into being completely immersed in this is I was obviously so far away from loving myself, so disconnected from what I wanted, from my feelings. You know, I really, I didn't even, I didn't know what self-love meant. And I had um, quite a profound experience about 
10, 11 years ago where I was meditating one night. I was really unhappy and I just kept asking myself, what's wrong with me? You know, what is it I need? What is going to solve this kind of empty feeling and sort of, yeah, I just felt so dissatisfied with everything, but it was nothing I could really put my finger on. And I kept getting, you know, I need self-love. And I thought, okay, well, that sounds great. But what is mm-hmm. that really? Yeah, it sounds like this nice ab- abstract concept. But how do I do that? What is that? And I just kept asking myself over and over. And then I sort of, you know, was asking myself, okay, well, if I was somebody who had 100% self-love, what would that look like for me? You know, what would I be doing How would I be feeling? How would I be being? You know, how would I behave differently? What would my interactions be? How would I relate to other people? How would I feel about my body? And I just started asking myself constantly all of these questions and I started to realize, um, you know, that they were kind of over the years as I, I sort of went further and further into this, I realized it seemed to challenges seemed to fall into seven main areas in relation to this so it was first off you know the most important one was mentally and so I thought you know thoughts and and beliefs about myself so obviously that's you know one of the major stumbling blocks that we have and then I started to think okay well emotionally my feelings about myself how do I really feel about myself you know do I give myself permission to feel all that I'm feeling and or do I have judgments about certain things And then it was, okay, physically, how do I feel about my body? How do I treat my body? Um, You know, how do I talk to myself about my body? Then looking at my relationship with food. So nutritionally, you know, how do I relate to food? Do I see that as a pleasure? Um, Is it just fuel? Do I, you know, do I eat mindfully or not? So I started to go into that, do I comfort eat? How do I feel about myself while I'm eating? Then I sort of started looking at things like relationship with money. So financially, what does money mean to me? How do I spend my money? How do I feel when I'm spending money? What are the triggers, you know, that kind of determine a certain type of spending? And then, you know, looking at spiritually, how do I feel about myself in connection to something greater, in connection to the whole And then looking at, okay, sexually, how do I feel about myself in relating to other people, other relationships romantically? Do I take responsibility for my needs or do I project those onto other people in my life? And so obviously that's a a summary of all the areas um, that I've really gone into on a very deep level. So I think it really is starting a conversation with yourself and asking yourself, some really honest questions and you might not like um, some of the answers you know that you get but it really is crucial I think to kind of go okay so in a nutshell after all that time I suppose I came to a point where I thought okay so to me self-love is about taking full responsibility for myself for my happiness and realizing you know it all starts with me and one of the, the biggest stumbling blocks I think as well is this whole external validation that people are looking for all the time and realizing that 
it, there really comes a point where you know you kind of have to get this on many levels and not just on a mental level that self-love is really letting go of the need for other people's approval and realizing that your approval is the only approval you need or should and should be seeking you know so and, the, and the, you know that the joke of it is that once you get to that place you, you you start receiving external approval anyway but at that point it's irrelevant you know um and it, you just sort of realize it's so it's just not important you know that is something that can only ever be a temporary thing or anything that's external so yeah yeah look, that, that's a kind of a short overview really i guess of that and then obviously each of the areas it's you can go into on so, you know so many levels there's so many layers to all of it as we know and I think it's never over this it's it's a lifelong commitment to have a healthy loving relationship with yourself and you know self-respect all of these things the way that we view ourselves rather than yeah looking for this from other people what you have just shared there is incredible because it, I think it supports people to see, first of all, that self-love is an incredibly unique thing to you, right? Because yeah. we initially will we'll think self-love is X, Y, and Z, and I have to practice that, and then I'm going to love myself. And what you're sharing is, no, this is your own personal definition of yeah. how you look after yourself in each area of your life. And I've never seen it broken down in that way. And and people often come to me and think of it being purely about maybe um, their self-talk or how they nourish their body. But to look at it across all areas, it's almost it's your yeah. relationship with, with all aspects of yourself and it's your relationship with, with everything else in your world. And I love Hopefully. what you shared there because you, you as exactly what you've said, it starts as this process of self-inquiry, of saying... You know, how do I feel about this? How do I respond to that? And if I fully loved myself, how would I be in this area of my life? And then you can just create, like, your own personal roadmap of what self-love yeah. looks like to you. And obviously that will change at different times. And I think yeah. the thing is, I mean, you know, everything is through our perception. Everything is through our filter. And so we can only ever relate to anyone else through the way we relate to ourselves firstly and I think another really important thing which for me has been a huge kind of learning but you know we really also need to address the way we relate to our parents that is a massive you know like because it's so has such an influence obviously on your own inner masculine and feminine energy and it's you know it's so foundational because obviously they, they have been the first two people that you, you've related to. Whether those people have both been physically present in your life or not, they're still they've still created that sort of foundation. And so if you've not if you've got a lot of unresolved emotions, thoughts, beliefs about your parents, and you know, so much of this is unconscious, it is having an impact. And I think often, regardless of age, we're still often relating to our parents from the perspective of a child. You know, it's beliefs that we formed in childhood and perceptions that we formed in childhood. And I found that I spent many years really looking at my judgments and beliefs about both of my parents. And that's changed all of my relationships, I have to say, and the way that I've viewed myself. And then, of course, it has a flow-on effect to all your friendships. And I think I've been through so many cycles with this where 
many, you know, many of my relationships and my marriage as well, like basically fell away, you know, through this process of really getting to know myself and realizing that, you know, we're choosing in every moment. And so often a lot of the times are unconscious, like whether we are consciously choosing or not any anything in our lives, we're still choosing, you know. And so often, of course, what plays out in our life is a result of these choices, whether they're passive or active or, you know, so it really is quite remarkable. And when I I sort of set this intention as I was going through this process when I first started. I said, okay, well, I want to let go of anything that's preventing me from being able to access and really embrace 100% self-love within me. And everything started to change, you know, within a matter of months. And I just said, I just want to really commit to being fully in alignment with whatever is my highest truth. And so, you know, within a few months, I had a pregnancy, a miscarriage. My marriage was suddenly over. I lost my driving license, I suddenly had nowhere to live and I'd had this home-based business and so then I couldn't kind of work from home and I just literally everything just kind of shattered around me in about a three-month period and I was like, wow, okay, this is what I asked for. Um, I didn't realize it was going to be quite so dramatic and so quick but I, yeah. it just then it was almost like then the process really began of, you know, okay, this is this is what you wanted. This is what you've been asking for. Are you really, really going to kind of take this on? Are you, do you, are you really going to go into this so deeply? And it was like, well, yeah, you know, so literally then over kind of a 10-year period, it really kept coming back to these seven different areas for me, mentally, emotionally, physically, nutritionally, spiritually, sexually, financially. And I was like, wow, okay, so whenever we are making progress in one of these areas as well, there's a natural flow on to the other mm. areas as well. You start seeing shifts in all of it. So it really does flow through to different, you know, different parts of your life. And I started to have so many awarenesses about my own behavioral patterns, the way I was relating, codependent friendships, relationships. And, of course, the more you start taking responsibility for yourself – um, and your own feelings, the more you start really kind of internalizing that and really being honest with yourself, you obviously it changes the way that you relate to other people. And so you may not be in resonance with certain people in your life anymore. And not to say, you know, I'll just get rid of all your friends, like not at all. Often it's just the nature of the dynamic between you may change. And, and that can be a really positive thing as well. And I've had some people that have gone kind of out of my life and then they've come back in in a different format and we've related differently and you know so it's 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 really kind of interesting when you just go through this observation process of your own thoughts feelings and your behavior and start making very conscious decisions you know and listening to your own needs basically and responding to those yeah. and not looking to other people to do it for you yeah, what this brings up for me, what you're talking about, is love versus need. Because I think when we're yeah. out, self-love is based on the external world. And look, people, this will be happening for people you won't even realize it's happening. But that you have relationships in your life or financial circumstances or careers or people, whatever, that are actually based on a need in terms of you feel yeah. you need them there for you to feel a certain way, for you to feel loved. Yeah. So this isn't about this true, authentic love. It's kind of like a love that has need infused in it. So when you, for example, set an intention like you did, which is like, I want to be able to um, 
you know, experience full self-love and, and embody that, almost the things that are tainted with that need energy fall away so that you no longer are getting that external validation and you instead have to find it within you. Yeah, and it's, I tell you, it's, it's um, a very confronting process. It can be, especially if, you know, you've been in denial about certain things. And I think often in the nature of our romantic relationships, often on a very unconscious level, when we meet somebody and we're getting to know them, there is a part of us, you know, that's basically saying, okay, what am I getting out of this? Um, <laughs> you know, how are we connect? You know, can often you're connecting through certain patterns. Well, you are connecting through certain patterns, and it might often be that you've come together with that person to heal a certain pattern, let that a certain pattern play out or dynamic, and then when that lesson is learned, then that comes to a natural end. You know, so I think there's a different. Well, there is. There's a world of difference between choosing to go into a relationship with somebody to share the love that you've already got flowing inside of you and you're sharing it for, you know, the joy of that, the enjoyment, this kind of, you know, it's obviously it's a growth experience. All relationships are otherwise, you know, there's not really much point to them, but um, it's just that thing of really realizing that when you're making yourself happy and you don't, you know, need to be with somebody, you can connect with people in a much healthy, much healthier and balanced way. Um, and it's much lighter, you know, rather than all these kind of often we have these quite intense or karmic connections to bring our own patterns of behavior really into our face and up to the surface for us to address. Um, so mm -hmm. it's quite a different way of relating once you realize, look, I've got all I need inside me. I just need to allow myself to access that and to be really honest with myself. And I think that's been one of the main keys for me. It's about being really honest because if you're not really honest with yourself, then you certainly can't be truly honest with anyone else. You're not being authentic because you're not, you know, you're not kind of um, revealing all parts of you to you. So it's often we're looking for this connection with somebody else. We, we, we want them to be vulnerable and open, but then it's like, well, really, how open and vulnerable am I being just to me? You know, am I just keeping myself really busy with all these things to do in my life so that I don't allow these spaces for needs and, you know, awarenesses to come up into my sort of conscious awareness for me to address? Do I just keep myself really busy, say yes to everything so that I don't give myself that time? You know, it's that thing around creating healthy boundaries for yourself and often you need to say no to others to say yes to yourself and I think that's a huge there's a huge shift around that and it's just that thing of if you can't really give wholeheartedly your attention and a focus to somebody else because you know because you're feeling resentful because you think I've got I'm not giving myself any time at all then you're not really giving any value you know um to other people so it's just it really, it really is an interesting process that with the whole healthy boundaries and showing up for yourself firstly and, you know, all of that. It's a very, it's such a paradigm shift. And then it's interesting when the external start to catch up with that and you just go, wow. I mean, I feel like I'm in a, in a completely different life, I have to say. Like, I sometimes look back and just go, wow, I was so, yeah, like on another planet, really. Yeah. Um, 
And I'm so glad you brought up the concept of relationships because I'm actually, um, I've been preparing for a workshop I'm running tomorrow on relationships and so much mm -hmm. of what you've shared is very similar to what I'm going to be talking about. And I want to just quickly touch on this dynamic of the mm. connection between our own self-love and our relationship with others because I think you've, you've brought up a really powerful point about it because I want people to notice where, as you mentioned before, they are seeking validation or approval or love or acceptance through their mm -hmm. partner or through other people in their world. And to use that almost as a signpost to notice that if they are doing that, that's the signpost that there's love within them, within themselves that they need to be experiencing rather than seeking yeah. it with that person. And I think what you what you shared was so powerful because um, we do, we look to our partner to complete us, to give mm -hmm. to us, to meet our needs and we put so much pressure on those relationships and we end up with control issues, feeling insecure, yep. feeling jealous, feeling needy and so if any women are experiencing those feelings and I know they're really common, that is your yep. signpost that you've got um, some love within yourself that needs to be created so that you can overflow into your partner rather than expecting mm -hmm. your partner to fill you up. <laughs> totally. And jealousy is a really interesting thing. And I, I went through um, a really intense experience with this about, well, it's about six years ago now. It was something that I hadn't really experienced, jealousy. It wasn't a feeling that I was very familiar with. And then I sort of had a very intense experience of it that I kept kind of being triggered for me and I was like wow I've never really felt this before and then I you know I had a lot of judgments around it like oh it's really bad it's this that and the other and the more I kind of went into a, an inquiry over it and this was over about a two-year period so I was like wow it was as though every time I'd ever felt jealous in my life it had obviously been completely repressed and I hadn't even acknowledged it and so it was almost like it was releasing all of this through me and I was having so many experiences of it. And the more I went into it, I just kept thinking, what is this? What is this really? What is this really about? And so when we're feeling jealous, it's because there's a part of us that, that basically when we, you know, when I drill down, it was there's a part of us that believes there's not enough love for me. If X person is giving that person attention when I'm feeling I would like that, there's a part of me feeling jealous mm -hmm. because I feel like I'm missing out. And so then that then comes to the belief of, yeah, that this, there's not enough love for me. And as we know, there's no limit on love. It's completely unlimited. So that belief is not true at core. And so then I started asking, okay, well, what part of me believes that there's not enough love for me? And why am I not fulfilling this need in myself? And so I started to notice every time it came up, I just would immediately say, what part of me is feeling really neglected? What part of me am I really ignoring? What is it in me that's really trying to get my attention? And this is the only way that it can get it through this really intense feeling. So where is that coming from? What do I need to do for me? And so as soon as I did that, it shifted it immediately. And I can honestly say I don't really experience it anymore now because if I just get a flicker of it I immediately go inside and say what part of me am I ignoring and then you know as soon as you kind of can address that it dissipates that emotion and that feeling and 
you know, because as we know, when somebody is really experiencing that, it's a horrible feeling, you know, nobody feels good about it. But the thing is, unconsciously, you know, it's almost then it repels the person, the situation, mm -hmm. whatever it is that we're really wanting to attract. All it does is push it further away, which is, you know, the, the joke of it, really. And so as soon as we can address that and full, fulfill whatever that is, it just it really seems to kind of balance it out. And um, it's a very, very powerful exercise, you know, very mm, powerful. Is taking complete ownership for what's mm -hmm. actually going on there because particularly with jealousy or anything else, we point the finger at the other person mm -hmm. and say, you're, you're doing something that makes me feel jealous. But we need yeah. to then, exactly as you said, come inwards and say, what is this about for me and what's going on for me? And you, you kind of peel back the layers in yourself. Then you recognize yeah. where what needs to be healed within you and you set about that practice. Um, and I just, I quickly wanted to touch on as well something mm. about, you know, the, the practical stuff in terms of, yes. I know something you talk about is self-love rituals. And yes. I would love to support people with, you know, not only doing this as, as something when they're triggered as a self-inquiry, but having yes. consistent practices in place that fill you up and nourish Thank you me. and make you feel strong and almost prevent things like jealousy and all that going on. So yeah. what does a self-love ritual mean to you? Do you have them? How do you, you yeah. know, recommend people begin with, with that practice? Yes. So one of the things that I do morning and night, and I do this and I just spend about five or ten minutes or, you know, or longer if I've got longer, but I have as a, as a bare minimum. Usually the first thing I do when I wake up is I'll kind of lie in bed and, almost like in a very meditative state for about five or ten minutes and this question has changed my life but basically I'll put my hand on my heart and I just bring my attention inwards and I'll ask what do I need from me right now what do I need to focus on today for me and then I'll you know receive whatever that is um, and I just literally spend about five or ten minutes really focusing on like how does my body feel um you know is there a part of me that really needs my attention and then mm. you know sometimes I'll go into is there a part of me I've been really ignoring and I'll just notice what comes but I do that like little check-in literally as soon as I wake up and I do it again at night as well before I go to sleep and yeah. so it could just be something really small. You know, it could be, um, well, I'd really like to just like have a relax in the bath later. I really, I would just want to go for a walk. I really, you know, so it's, it's just little things like that. So I noticed that when I break it down like that into just very small things, you can insert those into your day very easily rather than just thinking there's all these things I need to do. It really is that kind of mindfulness checking in. It could even be, you know, like I just need to turn my phone off for an hour. I just need to switch off my, whatever it is, just to create and carve out a bit of space. Because I think often we, we don't know what we want. You know, we don't know what we need from ourselves because we're not creating that container, even if it is five minutes, um, to actually just ask ourselves, like, well, what is it, you know? And so for me... Um, one of the other things that I do is just that, yeah, going for a walk, having that sort of space. I'll, I will break up my day like that. So even if you do work in an office, you know, and you don't have a lot of sort of time, but you can still pop out for like 10, 15 minutes 
walk mm. around the block. That's what I used to do. And I, I just would make sure that I took out these 10, 15 minute chunks in my day. Um, you know, it might just be that I journaled a page down of, of things that I was going to kind of slot into my calendar for the rest of the week for myself. I really try to break it down so that it's not, it doesn't seem like it's massively overwhelming. It could be, you know, um, really checking in when you're sort of buying food. Are you buying food, you know, when you're craving and really hungry and, you, you, you know, sort of looking at those sort of food choices. So I've gradually changed my food to mainly organic. Again, that wasn't an overnight thing I did. I just started to think, okay, again, if I was really loving myself, what would I be choosing to eat? Mm. Um, you know, really looking at sort of who do I choose to spend time with? You know, um, if I'm really taking full responsibility for my time, for myself, then, you know, would I be, am I going to do X today or am I going to do X? Just that whole thing of noticing how your body feels. I mean, this is a really easy one to do as well. You know, that thing of when you're making a decision and you're trying to decide on a couple of options for yourself, I can I do this really easily now because I've just I've done it so many times and saying, well, does my body feel expanded or contracted? Mm. You know, and I'll ask, is this really the right thing for me right now? And then I just notice how my body feels and I just... Again, you know, if you're struggling to bring your focus into the center of your body, then just put your hand on your heart and bring your awareness there and just ask yourself the question. And I start to notice that over time you get the response quicker and quicker and quicker. And so then it becomes much easier and much more natural to make loving choices for yourself. And one of the most important things that we can do is demonstrate to others how we wish to be treated. You know, we are our own role model. We need to be the example. You know, we can't expect other people to treat us with respect, always the right thing, consider our needs. If we don't do that for ourselves first, I mean, it's just, it's not fair, is it? It's not realistic. No. So, I love what you're saying because it is it's this kind of building this beautiful intimate relationship with yourself again where you listen to yourself. You ask yourself questions and allow yourself to give you the answer. You tune into your feeling and say, what do I need right now? And that in itself, like even as I'm talking about it, feels so gentle and loving and mm -hmm. nurturing. But we we really do ignore ourselves a lot and and yeah. just kind of fast forward in our head and charge through the world and expect the world to be the source of what we're seeking. But this gentle moment to moment listening to yourself, tuning into yourself, and and you know I do this for example with um if I'm noticing I'm feeling insecure about money or insecure in a relationship yeah. or seeking something through my business, needing results or whatever. I'll yeah. often ask myself, what am I wanting to feel by achieving this external thing? What am I mm -hmm. actually needing? Needing that I think I will get through through having money in my bank account or through having yeah. that person's approval. And and that's where I go in and I'm like, okay, so right now there's something I'm wanting to feel or experience that I'm not giving to myself and I'm seeking externally. What is that thing that I want to feel or experience? And yeah, that's the practice for me. And, and I love you have on your website this phrase that you say, self-love is a choice that I continue to make each day. And that's what it yeah. is. It's a moment-to-moment -moment choice, isn't it? Yeah, but, oh, I've got it all out now. You know, like, it's just, it's just, 
it's not yeah. it's not phase that you know i mean it's not a fad i mean i know it's become very kind of mainstream and, and talked about a lot in the last year or so but you know another thing that i see which i find quite interesting is you know self-love yet yeah, it's great if you go for a massage and pamper yourself and stuff, but it's not something you can outsource. It's not about buying yourself loads of new things. Um, you know, again, I see this, I've seen kind of a few lists of things to do and it's, you know, this making sure that you, I think, yep, absolutely wearing things that you feel good in and all of that, but it, it's not just like an excuse to go and rack up your credit card because again, <laughs> it's, it's then seeking external validation, but I've seen some really hilarious things like that and I think that it's really, it's not, again, that's just kind of switching the focus to, yep, I'm treating myself really well and so I'm going to, you know, spend all this money, which you might not have, so it's again looking at, your relationship with money and thinking well like exactly like you said what's the feeling that I'm looking for here and obviously one yeah. of the biggest things that comes up for everybody from time to time is like really letting go of that need for comparison of you know so it's just obviously our ego our mind loves to do that whole compare and contrast thing all the time finding a way that we should be you know fitter smarter prettier more you know sort of have more money in the bank etc cetera, etc cetera. and it's just it's a, a never-ending you know it's a never-ending kind of tunnel that really there's just there's no end to it so it's just that thing of really coming into a practice of letting the need to do that letting it go you know because it's it's just yeah it's, that would be just a never-ending vicious cycle I mean look we've all experienced that from time to time but I think it's just, it's a, as soon as you start feeling like that, it's a good way to go, oh, here, there I go again. I'm bringing my focus really externally again. You know, what is mm -hmm. it I can do for me right now? And I think it's really letting go of the shoulds. You know, so yeah. I know that I go through this, that I always have this feeling that I should exercise more. But I go, you know, I don't like, you know, that thing, I don't like gyms. I don't like being indoors a lot. So I like to be outside and so I go for walks. But then I've got, you know, friends who they go to the gym all the time. They're doing all this stuff. So periodically I go through phases and then I think, well, yeah, but I don't enjoy that. And, and I mm. think it should be about, yeah, the feeling. And so I think I, I need to, I'm more interested in focusing on doing things that I enjoy. You know, yeah. because I'm immediately going to feel better then. So I don't think it should be this, like a punishment, you know, this whole no yeah. pain, no gain thing. I think that's a very old, outdated paradigm. It's really focusing on moving your body in a way that feels good. And, you know, I mean, I'm all for fit health and fitness, absolutely. But it is, it's just finding, well, what is it that you enjoy? And maybe it's, you know, going out with a group of friends and it is going for a walk. It's not just, you know being stuck inside or you know if you want to do yoga then maybe it is looking for classes that are outdoors rather than you know inside a room and just looking at how it can work for you how you can bring in things that really support you know your needs and what you enjoy because I think life's very short and um, mm. it's yeah letting go of the should is, is a huge one you know and letting go of that mm. self-imposed criticism and all of these things and that letting go of our judgments really about ourselves and bringing in more compassion and if there is a day where you think well I just don't feel like doing anything today I want to have a quiet day and you maybe need to cancel a couple of appointments then not feeling guilty about that 
you know. Yeah. So and I, I, times. No, I was just going to say, and I think exactly on your point to let this your whatever your practice of self love is to not make it rigid and defined and box it mm-hmm. into, you know, this is what it is. If if one day self love feels like going to the gym, beautiful. If the next day yeah. it feels like sleeping in, beautiful. It's kind of allowing ourselves, as exactly what you're saying, to follow what we feel, to do what feels good, to break down any of the strict definition we've placed around what even self-care or self-love is and let it be just tuning in and following what feels really good to you and not having to meet anyone else's definition of that or um, exactly dropping the shoulds, as you said, and just be gentle on yourself. I think that's really the essence of what we're sharing. Mm, Absolutely. And just, you know, I think with these things that can come up sometimes, it's great to try and address them on these different levels and so there's lots of different little things that I use like you know obviously EFTs become very popular emotional freedom technique there's lots of free videos that you can get on YouTube for that like Brad Yates is a great practitioner loads of free stuff that I also listen to a lot of hypnotherapy I love Glenn Harold and um, because he combines a lot of stuff with like sound healing of the solfeggio scale he's got specific things so it's really just, yeah, tuning in. So when I ask, what do I need today? You know, I sometimes think, oh, it'd be great to listen to a hypnotherapy audio. And because obviously that's really great for filtering into the unconscious stuff as well. I use sound healing. I take a lot of vibrational essences, um, you know, like Backflower, Humanifest is really good. Um, so just really, it is just, it's really, I, 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 I basically let it flow from when I check in with myself in the morning, what do I feel I need today? Um, You know, I might sometimes think, okay, today I'm just going to have mainly like vegetable juices because I just feel like that today or, you know, Mm. whatever it is really. Um, So I think it really is that it's a moment by moment choice. And obviously your needs change all the time. Mm, Absolutely. It's that not being rigid, being flexible. Yeah, and I love that you've brought in that multifaceted approach as well because it may mean using different modalities, seeing different practitioners, going to different classes, whatever feels most supportive for you. Um, Which just leads me on, as a final note, I'm wondering if you could just share with people a bit about the oils that you create because I have one sitting on on my desk at the moment, which is the Peace Oil, which is... um, you know, it's been incredible for me. I was so grateful that you sent this to me because it um it's really supportive for me. So I'm just wondering if people uh, do want to go check out um, sacredself.com.au to find out more about those oils. Can you just tell us a bit about the yeah. purpose and, and what so, they are? So, so basically they are a vibrational range of, it's a combination of um, essential oils, vibrational essences, energy, different symbols, sound and I channeled those over completely unexpectedly over like um, a 10-year period. So when I was asking myself, like, you know, what what do I most need? And I was getting all this stuff around self-love and a lot of self-inquiry. I saw a bottle that had self-love written on it and I saw these ingredients going into it. And I thought, oh, okay, that's strange. Um, But it was so clear and I could see like the ingredients and that. And so I created it and I started meditating with it. And so I started to have all these different emotional releases and I was using it, specific, it was specifically to release build up in the solar plexus chakra. 
um, you know, where we house all of our self-esteem issues, any blocks to self-love and all of this get very much stored in different layers in the solar plexus, which then, of course, limits the amount of energy that's free-flowing and able to flow up into the heart. And so um, it was quite interesting. And so I went through quite a, a big process with that. And then over a nine-year period, I started to different times receive different ones like so for example truth trust for example yeah peace and so what I found was it would bring up in relation to this you know 100% self-love intention that I kept reinforcing I found that what it would do it was bring up to the surface certain patterns of behavior that were not in alignment with this goal of self-love and each one of them had like an affirmation so for example trust I trust myself and so then it would bring up the surface all of the areas that I wasn't trusting myself or that trust issues were playing out in my life and I realized with that that with trust it's never about whether we trust other people and often we again really externalize this because if we trust ourselves and we're really in our center then we're going to make the choices that support us rather than not trusting our own wisdom and then blaming it on other people when things don't turn out the way we want them to. And so I found that yeah, just using these very much with intention, you know, um, a, lot of, a lot of practitioners use them in the practice, a lot of kinesiologists, massage therapists, meditation, Reiki, read, you know, clairvoyance, whatever. Um, they use them to support and enhance their different modalities. I also know a lot of people use them a few drops in the bath, like if they meditate in the bath and they're letting go of a specific thing, like, you know, okay, I really want to bring into my awareness what more I can do to kind of embrace more trust within myself, for example. And so a lot of people, yeah, use them to support their meditation practice. Um, or, or you can wear them as a natural perfume as well. So I find that I choose one in the morning depending on what has come up for me as part of my intention for that day. Um, so they really they really do work energetically, sort of, you know, they obviously they work physically and emotionally and stuff as well, but they, they really are. It's um, more of a, a synergy. They're not put together based on any smell preference. It's completely, it was completely intuitive that would come through me at different times and then I'd go through this amazing kind of process of different things falling away as I came into a more balanced space with whatever that pattern was or aspect of me. So, yeah, very, look, complete again, completely unexpected. So it wasn't something that I, you know, set out to do. It was a total surprise, well, shock to me, really, if I'm honest. Um, so, yeah. So they're, they're an incredible creation, and um, and I really recommend people go and check them out because... Yeah, I think they're really supportive. No, that's great. So, yeah, I'm glad you're sort of enjoying that. I mean, it's an interesting one piece, very good for calming a busy mind and bringing the focus internally. So, yeah, the affirmation for that is peace begins with me. And so it's really bringing that focus inwards to find mm -hmm. that place within yourself where you can let go of any internal conflict, you know, because often, yeah. as we know, these things play out externally when there's something that's, out of alignment within us and we sometimes have to look quite deeply to find that because it's not always immediately apparent you know mm. so it really is coming back to that process of self-inquiry and I also love the work of By Byron Katie to really help that 
you know yeah. so if you're familiar with her and that process that she has around questioning your thoughts that come up and turning that around and bringing the focus back to you um, that's very powerful rather than this external projection on people in our lives yeah Byron Katie is is a phenomenal um, teacher as well yeah. that I really recommend oh. people check out yeah um, Michelle, this has been such a beautiful conversation. I've loved your perspective on this because it, I think it's really unique to um, to how some some of the conversations around self love are happening. And mm-hmm. I feel like it's really empowering for people. You know, anything that brings us back to being the source of what we want to feel, of what we want to experience, yeah. that is is so empowering. So self love is a very empowering practice. Um, before, before, it's very before, real. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Before we wrap up today, did you want to share anything that you're currently working on, anything that's coming up for you, just so that people can stay in the loop of what's what's going on for you? Well, I'm not sure if you've got any listeners in the UK at all, but I've actually just set dates for a joint retreat that I'm co-hosting in the UK in May over the Beltane period, which I'm very excited about. And that Mm -hmm. is going to be about really... um, marrying the energy of the sacral and the heart together so that you can really you know sort of merge your sort of passion for life with self-love and then looking at how you can really sort of bring up you know bring inside what's really important to you and then how you can share that in your life externally and it's really yeah we're calling it the sacred heart retreat and so I'm doing that with Claire Timmies of Cosmic Heart in the UK who's an amazing amazing lady and so that's going to be a really beautiful few days. So we're just working on that at the moment. So I'm still doing a lot of intuitive guidance and distance kind of healing sessions as well, which um, has been a really interesting sort of process that I've gone back into doing some one-on-one work. So, yeah, look, so I've also got a few new products coming out very soon in a different format, which that's quite exciting, um, but that's, they're going to be in sort of, it's going to be more of a, a roll-on kind of organic perfume format. So slightly different, but yep, just finalizing all the labels for that at the moment. So yeah, lots going on. Very exciting. Beautiful. It is exciting. Thank you so much for your time today. It's just been incredible to chat to you. And I really appreciate you sharing all of your beautiful wisdom on this. And people can pop along to your website, which will be, there'll be a link to that below this video um, to read more because you write a lot about self-love. So there's a lot of beautiful resources there for people. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, my pleasure, Michelle. I'm so glad we got on the line this week. (laughs) Thank you again. And thank you to everyone who's been listening to us live. And uh, I'll connect with you guys again next week. Thanks, Michelle. See you. Bye. Bye.